Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I am Jack Ford, and we're delighted to have joining us today Dr. Jessica Moeller, who is uh, from the United States Naval Academy. And her title, and Jessica, make sure I get this correct, the Assistant Director and Clinical and Sports Psychologist for the Midshipman Development Center. Yes. That's a lot to say. <laughs> and I suspect it entails a lot of different work by you. And, and I think one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation with you is, is to talk about what many might look as a, a kind of a new frontier, a field, the notion of, of mental health and well-being for students at the college level and especially student-athletes. Mm-hmm. So um, they told me you're in town, and I said, let's talk with yes. Dr. Moore. <laughs> Let me start off with your background here, because I think to understand what you do, it's, it's interesting to understand where you came from. And, and how you got to this field. So um, how did you and when did you develop an interest in this area? So I, I developed an interest my sophomore year in college. Um, I had an interest in going into the medical realm, and uh, I had a college roommate who was on the national Olympic team. I was mm-hmm. myself. I'm a sailor. I sailed in college. Right. Uh, and. Uh, she was on the on the team uh, in a non-Olympic year and uh, had a sports psychologist that worked with the national mm-hmm. governing body of U.S. Sailing, and he came down and spoke to our school, uh, talked to our team in general, and that was my first introduction to sports psychology. And what did you th- What did you think when you're sitting there and here's mm-hmm. a sports psychologist, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you're used to being talked to by uh, you know by, by strength and conditioning trainers and, and your coaches, yep. and now here's somebody who's who's very different. What did mm-hmm. you think first time? Well, I was amazed at what he was talking about, how to use the mind and, um, and to, to connect it to the body and to then perform at your, uh, your best ability consistently. Um, that there is this kind of um, access into this other window of performance. And uh, I just was really fascinated by what he was saying uh, and, and in his work with um, college athletics uh, to address. And I, I think some of his conversation was about the performance piece, but it was really also about uh, well-being, um, uh-huh. you know, and, and self-care and um, that, you know, we're, you need to take care of all those aspects to perform your best ability consistently. So you, you have this sort of an epiphany, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if that's mm-hmm. too strong a word, but it's certainly it an awakening was, yes. of, of interest here. How did you then follow through with that? Um, so I uh, switched majors. Uh, <laughs> As so and, many of us did in college, yes, didn't absolutely, we? Absolutely, yeah, to psychology. And, um, you know, I was at a great school that had a lot of support and was able to do a research project my senior year. In, uh, Where were you in school? I was at a small college called St. Mary's College right. in Southern Maryland. Right. Wonderful um, school. Yeah, been around so, for a long time. Uh, yes, it huh? has been. And so um, they allowed me to do some um, research in that area, looking at imagery and um, effect on uh, accuracy of uh, lacrosse shot, actually. Uh, uh, this was back a long time ago. Um, well, and with, then, with two children who were Division One lacrosse players, I'm sure that that was fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it was very neat. So, uh, um, you know, I went on to um, pursue then a, a, a degree in sports psychology. And uh, that was kind of the first path. Right. Um, for me, out of uh, out of uh, undergrad, so. and and in getting that the, the your your advanced degree in sports mm-hmm. psychology, um, at this time was it still sort of an evolving field? Absolutely, um, and mentorship was uh, incredibly important. So that sports psychologists who came in and talked to us 
Um, I, after he got up uh, and started to, to walk out, I, I chased him down and said, you know, do you have any internships available? Um, and so he ended up being a, a mentor of mine through my pathway. At that point, uh, there wasn't really, I think there was one program that offered um, formal education in both psychology, counseling and clinical psychology, and also sport. Uh, it, it wasn't a program that was of interest to me at that point, and so I went on and uh, knew I had to get both training in, in the sport world, so the kinesiology and sports culture and, and that piece, um, and then I went on to training in uh, clinical psychology. Right. So you, you end up with your advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, mm-hmm. interesting, your life, you took an interesting turn. I did. I did. You decided to, to join the Navy. Yes. Uh, How'd that come about? It was, so at that time, there weren't um, really specific advertisements in sports psychology. Um, some counseling centers were beginning to, to develop positions. Um, I had to do a formal internship in clinical and counseling psychology. It's the only way to... Um, to, to get your degrees, to have a formal internship. And so there's the experience um, and the ability to get um, real knowledge in sports psychology was limited, and, I, and that was what my passion was and my pursuit was. Uh, and the Navy um, actually has been doing, they don't call it sports psychology, but certainly um, worrying about the health and wellness of uh, um, a sailor marine in an operational setting, which had, I think, a lot of... Um, just carry over to the sport world, uh, and I actually like did the same level of, of competition and intensity. Absolutely, uh, with a little higher risks, right. certainly um, on the line. And so I thought uh, that would be a good training environment, and it would give me an opportunity to as well serve, um, which was of interest to me. And so, um, and it, and it did. So that was my path. I came in as a uh, lieutenant and mm-hmm. into. And, and explain to me then that as uh, that continuum, if you would, joining the Navy and then ultimately ending up at the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. So the, the Navy did give me a lot of opportunities to um, apply really the, the uh, principles of performance mm-hmm. psychology um, in, a, in a model of also treating mental health. Uh, and the job, there's an opening at the Naval Academy. Uh, actually, while I was uh, in, a, in a deployed status, somebody told me about it, and mm-hmm. uh, that position was available. So I um, applied, yeah. and uh, it had a. It was mostly uh, to really to treat mental health within the um, you know the larger student body, but they wanted somebody with an expertise in sports psychology because. Um, you know, all of our students are, are athletes on some level. and oh, It's amazing. Um, you, you go to the Naval Academy, and any afternoon, I've spent a lot of time there. It's one of my favorite places. Any afternoon, I guess it's right after classes, everybody's doing something mm-hmm. in, in terms of the mids. You know, they're, they're all they're either running or playing tennis or, you know, this is in addition to the varsity athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's such a part of the culture mm-hmm. down there, I think, which, which makes sense that they would welcome somebody like you, Early on, and saying, "All right, let let let's deal with this all." When you when you got there, um, what were your expectations? Um, I mean, my expectations my expectations are really to to help um, a student athlete, I mean, perform to their best ability and to focus on um, the whole person, um, to to integrate in with the the physical. Uh, health um, uh, of the student athlete to not see it as kind of mental or physical or this kind of separation, but you know to to really um, address wellness of our our student athletes and 
um, that was really the my idea and and what they as well wanted to be able to do and I think many many um, many of us who work in this in this realm are, are trying to do talk about the differences of of doing what you do um, in in an, in another uh, sort of another typical um, academic institution as opposed to the Naval Academy because it's you know, if you look at that and as I said to you before I have a great fondness for both the Naval Academy and, and, and also for West Point uh, I was recruited by both of them um, to play football back in the late 60s I was scared to death that they all had to be engineering majors at the time and I was ended up being a history major going to law school becoming a journalist so it scared me away but every time I go there I fall in love with these places yet again but every time I go there I also realize the extraordinary stresses um, that are that are essentially placed on, on, let's talk about the Naval Academy, the midshipmen, and, and much of it is intentional because they're training leaders who are going to be faced with, with even more extraordinary stresses when they get out into the real world. But from your perspective, that, that additional layer, if you will, mm-hmm. how, how, did that, how does that sort of factor into what you do? Um, when we when we look at the the whole the whole person um, and and the dynamics that they're under, um, I, I think there are some differences being at a at a military institution um, and a military university. Uh, but there are also, I think, some similarities. There's just a, a desire to perform at their top level in every realm, um, and so whatever they're kind of exposed to and given the opportunity and. Um, or, or challenge, uh, I think that they uh, expect to do, um, expect to perform at a high level in, in all these areas. And so uh, to be able to um, speak to how uh, taking care of the, uh, you know, the whole person, taking care of the mind um, is, is so critical to that performance in all those areas, um, I think is um, I think similar, but there again, there's some differences. They're asked to do more, and um, and as you said, put under um, higher levels of stress at times. Being a leadership laboratory, uh, and um, but it is a it's a real honor to work in that environment. I remember when I was taking my recruiting visit. Now here I am, a 17 year old high schooler, and I, I don't really know that much about the academies. Um, and, and I remember asking the assistant coach who's taking me around. I said, "Now, what time does everybody get up in the morning?" I, I think at the mm-hmm. time it was six fifteen. I don't mm-hmm. maybe six thirty now. I'm yes. not sure. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to him, "So, do the football players get to sleep in at all?" <laughs> and he kind of did exactly what you're doing right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. If we had a camera here, to be sort of a mm-hmm. smile and a shake of the head. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so the student athletes there are doing everything everybody else does, right? Everything everybody else does, plus. Yes. They're sports. Yes. When you, when you look at that and, and the challenges they face, and, and it kind of gets me to, to, to some more of the details of what you do, um, give me a sense of what your daily routine looks like mm-hmm. and, and feels like. Mm-hmm. So I think um, working in this environment, the daily routine is really uh, it's structured. Um, mm-hmm. I think probably more structured maybe than at a you know a, a different a civilian college or university, and so we really make sure that we fit their schedule. Um, you know they have a, a daily class schedule that's uh, again it's a structured um, time. They have a practice time. Um, they have you know time to eat and, and and time to study, and so we try to meet them where they are. Um, so you know my daily um, kind of daily routine will consist of seeing um, clients individually most of the day during their class periods that they have free, 
Um, and that is it's a pretty structured time um, with a break for lunch in terms of they have, you know, they'll have their own uh, practices. It will have team meetings, those types of uh, events, um, followed then by practice um, in which I will you know, go and try to do outreach at, at, um, in those environments as well. So there's kind of a structured office time where we're really doing, uh, you know, work individually. And uh, then we move to more um, kind of outreach activities uh, into the, the maybe the team environment or the other um, you know activities that the, the students are, are doing. What does that entail when you're talking about outreach activities? Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Oh, it can mean a lot of different things. Um, so whether we're talking about um, some type of self-care, so uh, how to optimize sleep schedules within this environment, um, how to um, you know manage kind of the daily stressors that they might be experiencing, how to integrate um, mindfulness and relaxation into their kind of normal routine. Uh, so there may be you know some type of just intervention around general health, uh, but there can also be more specific interventions depending on you know what the what the student athletes need. So there may be a you know, a conversation around, um, you know, how to how to use self-talk effectively to compete, right? Or how to use goal setting potentially how to effectively compete. So there's kind of can be these wellness components around sleep and relaxation and mindfulness or a more targeted, uh, you know, outreach around, uh, you know, some specific performance um, a piece that, that's important for them. And, and that's for all of our our students, um, not j- just not just student athletes, but certainly student athletes is uh, one of my focuses. Do you find at all that when you when, when let's talk about when your uh, when your student athletes first get on campus, all right, mm-hmm. they're 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 first they're plebe years. Do you find any any reluctance on their part to 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 sit down and talk with you? Uh, ask a question because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, especially the, the, the athletes, they tend to have a sense of self-possession. I've got this. You know, I, I can handle myself and what I have to deal with. It's how they've grown up, uh, all athletes, male and female. And now all of a sudden they're thrust into the, this extraordinary environment where, again, not only do they have their sport that they have to deal with, but they have to deal with everything else in their day that we've talked about here. But I think oftentimes athletes, by their very nature, are, are, tend to feel self-sufficient. So do you find that there is any kind of a barrier or a reluctance, in, certainly in the beginning, to, to sit down and, and to open up to you and to accept some of the things that you're offering for them? Absolutely for some student-athletes, and that's, I think, at, at our institution or kind of at any institution. Um, mental health stigma is... Does still exist. Uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm under any um, kind of odd belief that that doesn't exist. I also think uh, that we have done, and, and leadership has done a wonderful job talking about the importance of taking care of the mind. Um, so they get an introduction to who we are. Um, I think at most universities, we really try to ensure that they get an opportunity to. Um, uh, to, to figure out who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to to come explore our center, um, our center in particular. It, it's not just psychology; it's a midshipman development center. It, it consists of a, a dietitian. We have some relaxation resources. I think it's very similar to many college camp campuses where we're trying to provide um, a, a number of services to to bring the students and student athletes uh, into our into our world. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that introduction early on, I think that this is just a normal part of your training, right? You're going to push yourself really hard, and that pushing of yourself, you're going to have to recover. And for every time you push, you're going to have to recover. And recovery has a lot of different forms. And one of the ways that we recover is, you know, through a relaxation technique or a, a mindfulness activity. You know, that it, it's really. Um, and the harder you push yourself, like that, maybe the stronger you have to recover, and that's where we come into play. So making it part of their training, again, when you're dealing with athletes, saying, mm-hmm. look, we're, we're not here because there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. We're here because we are part of your training. That's, that's, that's the, the essence of what you're doing? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the more effective we can, um, you know, kind of share that message and um, and to be honest with you, actually, the student athletes often in our worlds become the best promoters of what we do. Why do you think that is? Uh, because I, I think they, you know, they gain understanding. Uh, they 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 perform better, um, and they can see that connection. It makes sense to them. Um, they may have never thought about, uh, you know, why or how something happened in the past, and now they they have some understanding and they can use that awareness to then, you know, change the way in which they, um, you know, either react in a given moment or, you know, uh, go to bed a half hour earlier consistently and they realize, wow, I, I can give more of my practice when I take care of myself in these ways um, and give more of my academics, right? I can give more in my relationships, right, when I, when I have this kind of self-care and, boy, I perform better. And so they're big promoters of our services. When you look at the, the, what you provide um, for the students and the students' athletes, and it talks in terms of counseling, and that's something I think we understand. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, it help them, as you said, all the things you just said now that you can help them with. Or if they have problems, mm-hmm. come in and talk to you yeah, about their particular problems. And again, given that environment, even, even the, the, you know, the, the, the toughest of student athletes, they're mm-hmm. going to be confronted with some stuff they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. But you also talk about providing mental skills training. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Um, So uh, mental skills really um, kind of encapsulates a group, I think, of strategies that help uh, the student-athlete react um, in a different way so that they get the outcome they want. I I think the perspective is, um, you know, an athlete can be in any given situation, Right. And those situations, they can vary, right? They can vary from, you know, it, there's 10 seconds left in the clock and we're down by 10, right? There, there's, you know, a minute left and we're up by 30. Mom and dad are in the stands. They're not in the stands, right? I've just broken up with a significant other right before the game and they've texted me right, you know, ahead of time and now I've got I've to react. Um, and that reaction, ultimately, we have control over, right? The situations, we don't know what given, any given situation our student-athletes are going to be in, but... Uh, we can control that reaction, and when we know that when we when we react in a certain way and it gets us our best performance, we can kind of manipulate. We can change that reaction so that we we can react in ways consistently that get to our best outcome. Um, and then the outcome it just it's it's a product of that reaction. Right. And so, and those reactions, right? It can be a behavior we do. It can be a way in which we think differently. It can be a feeling. Um, it can address the kind of fancy word of psychophysiology, right? We can change the way our body, um, uh, you know, whether our heart rate increases or decreases, right? Our breathing rate, whether it increases or decreases, muscle tension. So, those mental skills that we provide athletes, I think they kind of intervene in that reaction area so that we can um, get our athletes to be in their ideal performance states consistently when they need to be. Um, and uh, so that you know, it could be, uh, it could be around goal setting, right? Controlling what they have some control over. 
Uh, it could be around self-talk. It could be developing a behavioral cue. Um, so for performance, right? So when this happens, I'm going to, you know, always make sure I, you know, kind of engage in this way. Um, there, there are all kinds of ways in which we intervene there. In, in the period of time that you've been doing this, mm-hmm. because it, it does seem to be a, a, a fairly new field, and mm-hmm. you and I talked about that just a few moments ago, I, what, what sort of changes are you seeing mm-hmm. in terms of, of, of from the perspective of the student-athletes and from the perspective of the institutions providing for the student-athletes? Amazing growth. I, you know, I think that, you know, the work certainly that's being done at the NCAA level and um, the really growth in our field has um, really changed the way in which people think about mental health. It's beginning to change the, the way in which we think about mental health. The research um, that's coming out around, um, you know, if we want athletes to perform at a top level, we want physical recovery. We have to address the mental aspect, right? If you have an injury, we know that there, there are mental aspects of that that will either get an athlete back to, re, you know, return to play quicker um, or, or take longer and has nothing to do with the, the surgery that was completed or the physical therapy that's going on, but it's the way in which the athlete's approaching that process that's, um, that's changing the recovery pathway, uh, which means, you know, that, that leads to better performance. And so I think we've really seen an amazing growth in this field, um, which is, you know, it's trickled down to, to all levels, it, it appears in many ways that they really value um, the wellness, um, more so, right, of, of our student-athletes, the positions, um, there are a lot of new positions in our field, um, you know, from and a lot of different ways in which we're getting involved. Um, whether it's counseling centers having specialized um, uh, counselors for the athletic population, whether it's athletic departments hiring us, whether they're, um, you know, making sure that the people on campus at least know how to address student athlete needs, um, if they're not, you know, don't have the ability to hire new people. So last question for you is, is, is you've outlined some of these advances that we've seen so far. I want to go back to something that you mentioned a few moments ago, and that is the, the stigma of mental health. Uh, are you finding that with all of, of these improvements and advances, are you finding that culturally we are getting better about the notion of, of mental health both, again, individually and our student-athletes and, and the institutions? So I think it's improving absolutely think it's improving and um, I, I mean I, I think there's also a lot of still a lot of growth available in, in that area but I absolutely think there are improvements in the field and um, really the acceptance of mental health um, and it, it often comes down to, to leadership within that team uh, and, uh, and and the environment that that culture that's set up within the team and whether that's uh, that's valued and I think we're seeing that um, it's being valued more often um, and, and that's really making a difference in the student-athletes' lives um, when, that, when they can value their, their, their whole, right? Uh, so I, I do. I think, it's, I, I think there's area for growth, but I certainly uh, I think it's improving. Well, I think the folks at the Naval Academy are fortunate to have somebody like you with your passion there. Uh, Dr. Jessica Moeller, thanks again for spending some time talking with us. Uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. Thank you for having me. You be well. That does it for this version of the College Sports Insider. I'm Jack Ford. Thanks for joining us.